This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. And welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who's actually going to take a moment right here and give you guys a quick little update, because it has been quite a while since I let you know the status of my little Rex. She has definitely had some setbacks, but we've also had quite a few big steps forward. As the longtime listeners of the show know my daughter has been in and out of the hospital since the since the beginning of July. And as of today, she has finally been home for longer than a week, which is a huge milestone for her. Um, we've been able to keep all of her symptoms down. We've been able to manage and mitigate a lot of the complications. And we think that this time is actually going to be a long-term stay at home, which it really, really makes my mama heart a lot lighter um, and things breathe a lot easier. So she's doing good, which is not something that I've been able to say for quite a while. So (sighs) thank you to everybody who has supported me and my family in the real world. Uh, during this whole time frame. Um, And for those of you who are sending your thoughts, your prayers, your love, your universal energy, there are so many of you behind the scenes that I know that are doing things for us every day, keeping us in your thoughts, in in your hearts. And, you know, I think it's it's working, guys. (laughs) I really think that it's working. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A million times over. So yeah. That is me for today. And it is just me for today. My other half, my V, my love, is with her family right now. So it's just me running the show tonight. But thankfully, I'm not actually here on the live stream or on the podcast alone. I'm joined by two of our Amazeball patrons. Apollo and Bat Knight, you are here with me tonight. Go ahead and unmute and say hi. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> Hello there. Obi-Wan. <laughs> uh, or General My Kenobi, that's what he says. Yes. We have a very interesting topic tonight. And this is one of those topics where it's debated on where the idea came from. I stand by my stance that it was Teacup from the Dragon Age Lorecast who suggested this topic. Uh, I just have yet to find the evidence, but I know that I have it somewhere, and I will find it, because Teacup and I have a healthy, friendly rivalry going. He's one of my favorite debate partners. Anders wins on this show. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) So, the topic was suggested, what ships do you think NPCs would stand in a game? And that also sparked a lot of conversation, as in, what the fuck does that mean? And the way that I read it as, if a video game character were to play other video games, what relationship do you think they would want to see? 
like, would Liara ship Varric and Cassandra together? And I'm like, okay, this is so big, so wide, so million different ideas and combinations to go with. It should definitely be interesting to chat about. Who has well, a solid idea? I have to idea? Up with a, new, a new answer because I forgot about the NPC part. I was just thinking of other characters in the game that were supporting a relationship. So I got to, I have to come up with a new one. I took it as the what, which relationship like of mine would the NPCs most root for. <laughs> okay. You know what? Let's go with those ideas then. It, that's great that we all took this answer in so many different ways. Uh, I love it. I love it. Who wants to go first? I'm just, okay, I was just saying, if I can stick with what I initially had, uh, like I said, how I translated it was characters in-game supporting a relationship also in a game. And I wore the necklace, my, my Mortal Kombat emblem. The example I was coming up with was Liu Kang and Katana from the Mortal Kombat franchise. That's basically, you know, they've got a lot of the same origin story as uh, like Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade, which is now not canon, but not relevant in that, you know, uh, Katana was supposed to, you know, kill Lou during the Mortal Kombat tournament, but he thought she was cute. So they, she attacks him and he basically, you know, is like, Hey, you're a good fighter. You know, I'm not going to kill you, but maybe we can meet again under different circumstances. But the things I always loved about that relationship as far as the other characters and the reason I picked that was because people bust the two of their chops like constantly in the storyline uh Liu Kang's cousin and best friend is Kung Lao another uh fighter who is the guy with the hat the razor blade on his hat and they're talking about Katana before Liu Kang and the before the two of them get together and he's like you know she's out of your league right and then in Mortal Kombat 11, I mean, he, he says that, but you can tell by the tone of his voice, he's being a bro about it. You know what I mean? He's, like, he's busting the guy's chops. Like, this girl is so beyond you, man. And then she ends up, spoilers for the game, for the story, if you care about a fighting game story. But uh, in MK11, she ends up becoming Kotal of Outworld. Or I mean, Khan. Sorry. She comes, becomes Khan of Outworld. And... Again, as soon as it's announced and it's declared, you know, Katana Khan and, and Kung Lao is right there in Liu Kang's ear. Now she's definitely out of your league. <laughs> and then later on, Liu Kang ends up becoming the new fire god, you know, uh, gets the powers of him. You know, his powers get enhanced. He has Raiden's powers, too, and everything. And again, now he's not in his ear, but he's standing there going, well, crap, now he's out of her league. So I just... I just thought that that whole relationship and then there was little stuff because it's not like, you know, Katana is uh, the only person that's ever been interested in Katana is Luke Kang. There's another character, Aaron Black, who apparently had a had a fling with Melina, Katana's twin sister. And she tries to bring that up and says, uh, you know, we had good times once. And Aaron goes, I thought you were Katana. My mistake. I'm like, oh, not cool, bro. <laughs> Melina's so, the mean, one that wears purple and that if she takes off her mask, it's like a big, giant, scary mouth. Yeah. Oh, my God. That she was one of my favorites. Other, they call each other sisters, but she was made as a genetic experiment. They took 
uh, Katana's DNA and mixed it with a Tarkatan, which is Baraka's people, the guy with the claws coming out of his arms or the mm-hmm. blades coming out of his arms. So they mixed basically Baraka with Melina and I mean with Katana and you get Melina. I had a thing for Melina back in the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're not alone. I don't I don't get it. But, you know, to each their own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. OK. All right. I like it, though. And, you know, it, um, I always forget that there are romance lines and flirtations and things like that in the Mortal Kombat series of all things. Like you don't think romance in a fighting game. You don't think of that. But uh, it was actually suggested that we cover some of those because they are relationships that you can foster in them. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. And I've done that. So I think we're definitely uh, I think think in 23 we have a couple of like little one shots that we can definitely do cover some fighting games so i mean it's it's actually funny because to me personally to see the banter between like say johnny cage and sonya blade because she is Mm -hmm. very structured and by the book and he's not and my wife and i will give each other looks every time there's dialogue between johnny and sonya so Yep. Know that how that goes. All right, Apollo, what how did you take this idea and what did you come up with? So I took it as what like which what what relationship by me as the main playable character would my would would an NPC most like to see. So I went I went with something on Mass Effect Andromeda based on dialogue that characters had when they were riding around with me. So I feel like Drac, if you're playing as a writer who takes no shit from anybody, you know, just charges in, fights, punches people in the face, all that stuff that Krogan's like to do, I feel like Drac would really love to see a male writer, well, maybe female, I don't, cause, but I hadn't played as female, writer get with PB because he seems to love the way PB just acts kind of like a Krogan and not taking any crap from anybody and she tells stories about how you know all the stuff she's done so i think drac would see an aggressive writer in pb as having these powerful children who would just take no shit from anybody and he would just love to see something like that as a krogan i fully agree Yes, even though PB is not my favorite Asari ever, I can totally see her being like Krogan material. Ah, I love it. Yeah, I feel like he basically calls her Krogan when you're riding around with them, when when they're riding around with you. He basically says, you sure you're not a Krogan? Stuff like that. And so, yeah, I absolutely think he would love to see that that scenario. My favorite Asari is actually the Krogan Asari, uh, Matriarch Atheta. Uh, so, Liara's, Liara's dad, the she's the bartender into yeah. She's my favorite. If you don't do all the if you don't pay attention, you could miss that. Hmm. Um, it, yeah, no, Matrix or Theta is my favorite character, my favorite side character. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, no, I really do think, and Drac is so, 
like comforting when it comes to, I think at one point, uh, I remember in my playthrough, I had been romancing Liam and we got into an argument about something. Oh, right. Because I had been flirting with other people and Liam didn't like it. Uh, And so (laughs) Drac pulled me aside at one point and said something along the lines of, I don't want to see your heart get broken, kid. And I'm just like, oh, he cares. It was really cute. So, but he is also Krogan and wants power over everything. So, yeah. Drac's great. Drac is great. All right. And you're right. Daddy Bat Knight in chat says Andromeda so doesn't get enough credit. And I agree. I actually brought up Andromeda on the Mass Effect lore cast the other, just the other night um, in the Patreon chat because I was like, you know what? Andromeda brought uh, swords into the game and I am all here for that. <laughs> I'm just grateful that you guys can only see this wall and not my bedroom wall. There's <laughs> lots of swords and stuff between, in there. Yeah, my wife, my wife and I have like a small collection of like prop weapons and whatnot. And hers are like wizard stabs and things of that nature. And then mine are swords. So we keep, you know, she's the mage that married the knight. So, um, I have my wizard staff over there in the well, closet. <laughs> Ooh, whose wand is that? Is that the elder wand? I don't know. It's whatever came. I did one of those things where you buy something, and you can get random things. It could be something small, it could be something big. I got a wand. Wow. It is. Ooh. Mine is the wand of my favorite character in the Potter series. But that just that one just looks like the stick. Is that Voldemort's? No, no, no. It's uh. I, oh, is it Draco's? No, nope. I don't. Oh, that's right. Draco's is very sm- short and black. Is All right. Nope. I don't know that one off the top of my head. Not on site. Big clue. Color of the shirt I'm wearing. Oh, it's. Uh-huh. Series black. My I was going to go with Snape. in the Potter franchise. Hmm. And is I could it? probably pull off a decent cosplay back when my hair was long. Big fluffy doggy. Uh, but this is not the Harry Potter lore cast. In fact, we have one of those on the on the Robots Radio Network, uh, or the Robots Radio Rocket Club, hosted by Captain Shanko and Ben of Tamaria. Um, Wizarding World. They're, uh, they just started out, so go give them a listen and let them know that the girls sent you. <laughs> Gotta plug the other shows, because we show all the love around here. Now, Shanko was supposed to be here tonight, but because this podcast supports love and all forms, um, she said that uh, her boyfriend has actually got a free night off work. So they are having a romantic dinner together, and we support love in this house. So it's okay to miss a Patreon chat. <laughs> a round of uh, applause. Yay. Oh, and then also I did want to say, because we weren't here last week to say it, uh, show a little extra love um 
to to Stone Mistios out there, just send him your good vibes for for a little bit. Um, his his scorpion unexpectedly passed away. His little uh, his little Riddick came. He came home and he was just gone. And it was very unexpected because there was no signs of sickness or it wasn't even like within a natural time frame for a scorpion to pass. So it was very unexpected. So hearts out to you and your Riddick, uh, Miss Zios. Because Riddick has been on this live stream before. So he's part of the family, damn it. <laughs> uh, but I think with that, we'll go to a mid-break. And then come back and answer a special October question. Mid-break dance. Oh, without V here to do the dancing with me. I miss you, V. And I don't even have any fun facts. Well, no, actually, let's see. I did I did my fun facts while you guys were doing your things. I talked about how I had a crush on Melina as a kid. And then how I can totally... How Matriarch Theta, the half Krogan, half Asari, is my favorite side character. So there we go. Those are some Jenny fun facts. Um... In the middle of the show is where we thank our patrons, uh, all 12, 13 of you now. You guys are absolutely amazing. And I thank each and every single one of you a million times over. But specifically, we shout out our higher level tier patrons each week. And that includes Toasty, Apollo, Shanko, Missios, Luke, Wynn, Meiji, and Bat Knight. And I feel like there was one more. Oh my god, if I'm forgetting you, blow me up on Discord and I will super duper make it up to you next week. Holy crap. Um, we don't have any new reviews to read out this week. And yeah. The only other thing that we normally talk about is the um, Portland Retro Gaming Con, but that has came and happened and it is in the past and oh my god was it absolutely amazing uh jen, jen and i i am jen uh v and i had so much fun and of course of course it started off with a technical difficulty uh trademark but we ended up powering through it and getting everything to go. And we had an amazing discussion about video game uh, romances throughout the decades, starting with the visual novels made in Japan in the early 80s um, to the, dear God, why were rape games a thing in the 90s to, okay, now we've actually created a rating system for video games so it is because of video games that Making you now have mm -hmm. well yeah and the excessive violence in games like mortal Kombat and things like that but it also that made like t for teen or uh e for everyone uh that was a lot of that had to do with that um, but once we get things a little bit more solidified and ready to go, there is a YouTube link to the video. There is audio there. It is everywhere. So I will be putting out that information very, very soon. Uh, 
So yeah, let's get back into the show and ask a scary October question. Mwahahaha. Okay, so I figured for October, for something a little bit odd and out there, a little bit on the spooky side, pick a villain or bad guy or bad girl in a video game that you wish was a romance option. And how would that work out? How are you going to make your villain fall in love with you? Well, I feel like if it's a villain, are, are, are we really going for love or are we just going for the sex in this scenario? That is a valid point uh, because a good hate, a good hate sex is good hate sex, you know? <laughs> hmm. I have so many stories involving a certain seether track, but yeah. Oh, fuck me like you hate me? Yes! Yeah. So... Did you, either of you come up with an idea on who that would be? You can go first if you're ready. Oh, flark me. Um, the closest thing that uh, the closest thing that I came up with when you said villain was the first thing that popped in my head is Black Cat from Marvel Spider Man. I have been such a fan of that character and had such a hardcore crush since the old '90s cartoon when she was voiced by Jennifer Hale, which I didn't realize who that was until much later. But, uh, but the version in specifically in Marvel Spider-Man was like, Oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I shouldn't have let you go first. Cause that's literally what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, really? like, oh no. Oh, that's great. Hmm. Somebody else. All right. Well, I came up with one. And so you, so I'll give you a minute to think of somebody else. So this is going to be a little off the wall, but when, especially when you brought up the idea of hate sex, I was like, where have I seen or experienced that? Oh, childhood memory unlocked. Um, so I am a huge Xena fan. Xena Warrior Princess has been my shit since I was a very young child who should not have been watching Xena Warrior Princess, but that's where it's, that it is what it is. Uh, I also owned the video game for the original PlayStation. So it counts. Yeah, it counts. Damn it. I played the video game. Um, I and in that, you're going to say Buffy and Spike. No, because is there a video game? Of Buffy? Yeah, there's a couple of them. Huh, okay. I will look into that later, but I am having amazing God of War sex with Ares. You know what? I don't swing that way, but I remember Ares from that show. If I did, that's a good-looking man. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, his actor died tragically doing his own stunts um, in his early 30s back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So oh, no. we will never know what happened to, poor, to uh, Kevin Smith was his name. And I say Kevin Smith. And, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Not to be confused with my personal like hero. No, it is not uh, Silent Bob. <laughs> Silent Bob is not Aries. It is another Kevin Smith. All right, Apollo, did you come up with another idea? So uh, this person isn't necessarily a villain. Well, she's not a villain in a game. 
but it is somebody in the game who's kind of I think you're you're not supposed to like, but I would have liked my character to look up with her. And that would be I, I was trying to look up her name. I think it's Rachel. The one the person because you're playing Cyberpunk right now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, have you done this have you done Center Man yet? That side quest? Most likely, yes. Uh I'll look it up. Okay. Well, because I don't I don't I don't want to say it and then you haven't played it and then I give you a spoiler. Oh, don't worry about spoilers on Cyberpunk. I'm good. All right. Well, there's a news reporter. I think her name is Rachel. That kind of is oh. in that her. Like I would love for my character to be able to romance her just for one night. We don't have to have a relationship. Let's just go at it one time. Her. Damn. That is some dark sex, and I am here for it. Holy. Okay. Yes. Wow. And she was good looking, too. I didn't recognize the quest name, but as soon as I pulled it up and I saw the picture, I knew exactly which one it was, because that one was an impactful memory one for sure. Uh, And yeah, no, I think her name was Rachel. And all right. Yeah, I see it. I did the one night stand with Meredith, so I could totally see a one night stand with Rachel as well. Wait, which (gasps) one's Meredith? Meredith Stouth, the corpo that hands you the infected money chip if you want to get through the maelstrom at the beginning. Yeah. You can have a one-night stand with her? Mm Mm-hmm. And then, yep, you get my favorite weapon in the game, which, if you go onto the Robots Radio Discord and go check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast channel, you can see my personal favorite weapon in the game. (laughs) Plug all the things all the time. Well, boys. Wait, you didn't tell us your main conversation thing. That's because I didn't think of one. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) It was a surprisingly hard topic to really think about. Let's see. Well, I mean, actually, I did. I did think of one right at the beginning. I used it as an example. I think Liara would ship Cassandra and Varric together. I did think of some that I... I did think of two really quick that wouldn't want to see anybody hook up. Based on the things that happened towards the end of Mass Effect 3, I don't think Tali would like to see a femship hook up with Garrus. And I don't think Garrus would like to see a broship hook up with Tali. Ooh. Well, I mean, in the alternate timeline where they don't end up hooking up, then that means they're your bro and or your sis. And I'm sure they just want you to be happy. Yeah, there's stuff. There had to be stuff going on behind the scenes. You know, actually having because my first playthrough uh, ended up with uh, I ended up with Liara, so Garrus and Tally ended up together. My playthrough where I ended up romancing Tally, I started to pay it for whatever reason. I was paying a little bit more attention to some of the dialogue. Those two always have freaking banter. Mm-hmm. So whether they're romancing each other or not, like they are super tight anyway so oh yeah no they flirt throughout the game whether or not you're romancing either of them like my my garris still flirts with tally even though we've been together for two games now and it's like all right to be fair some people are just naturally flirtatious oh i know and i'm fine with it (laughs) trust me (laughs) um i oh I also don't know if Garrus would really mind if 
I was hooking up with Tally because if you don't romance Garrus, you help him hook up with somebody else. So you get to play wingman for Garrus. It's a Citadel DLC, right? Here, mm-hmm. about that. Yep. Okay, well, Tali would probably be clingy in that situation then. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think Edie would like seeing Joker hook up with anybody else. Definitely not. That's one human she doesn't want to see on her on their knees. <laughs> well, maybe, but for different reasons. Uh, let's see, who else? Well, you know Miranda wouldn't like you to hook up with Jack in part two or vice versa. That's true. Oh, I've already committed the next time I do a Mass Effect playthrough, I'm going to finally do a Renegade run and my soulmate is going to be Jack. Like, that's happening. I haven't done either of those experiences yet. I keep thinking about it and then I'm like, this is just too much of a well, D-bag. Don't do the Renegade prompt with her because then you don't get the relationship. Oh, no, I know. I know. You can do it, but save scum it. It's fun to to do at least once. It's a good scene. I actually stole a Jack line at work recently. Short version, I was working on a car and a guy said something that ended up jinxing me with the car I was working on. And I got so frustrated that he said that and like, you know, voiced it into the world. I turned, I was like, man, I am going to wail on you till candy comes out. Come here. (laughs) Nice. Okay. What else? Um, I don't know. Let's just open it up. Talk about. Anything romance related, because we've only been here for like a half hour, guys. I voiced something in the chat. I, I was saying my one of my biggest one of, if not my biggest video game romance regret is that uh, when I found out there was a uh, that Natalie Dormer was playing, a, voicing a character in a Mass Effect game when Andromeda came out. And then I found out you can't romance her. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> And I said that whole naturally flirtatious thing. My writer was very flirtatious because most of my Mass Effect characters, I always play as what would I do in that situation? And I'm a flirtatious person by nature. So you can do like flirty banter with doc with the doctor, but you can't go any further than that. And I was like, yeah, Lexi has some stuff. Not like you hooking up with doctors. Dr. Liara Tisoni. Well, I mean, the doctor of the ship. <laughs> Okay, yep. Wait, are you saying you were wanting to go after chocolates? No, I'm not I'm not a chocolate shipster, but I know they're out there and I know they're not gonna ever get their uh, their wish. There are definitely some people who would romance chocolates if she was available. Oh my god, I can think of like four people off the top of my head. I will not out you. But you know who you are. Now, to be fair, if they turned it into like an Assassin's Creed type game, I would sleep with her because I would just sleep with everybody. But Mm. it's not like a goal. Yeah. You ever played the Saints Row games? You can literally sleep with everybody, including the robot with only, you know, like what I It's like an Imperial probe droid. You just see a quick cutscene of it just lowering itself down and then fade to black. Now I have to add Saints Row to the list? Oh my god. I think it's specifically uh, the third one, I I think, because that one also has Keith David in a role. I think he's Mm -hmm. playing himself. Yeah, no, I I know that Keith David is in, I think he's in a couple of the Saints Row games. Um, But then that was also one of the games to introduce the, the giant purple dildo. 
that you get to swing around like a bat. So. I have the yeah. newest one. I'm playing it, but there's been too many things out. I'm trying to play all at one time. Oh, don't even get me started about that. Just since I've started, I've joined this community. I've got so many people like, you need to play this game. You need to play this game. And I keep trying to. And then the new shiny comes out and I, I get, but so far I'm like, well, I was playing, I was playing the new Saints Row game and enjoying it. And that last of us remake came out and it's just so amazing. I just kept playing that. And so I still haven't gotten through the original last of us. I was trying to do that. And then my Gotham Knights came out. And so, yeah. PS5 remake it has the best face acting I've ever seen because I mean I've played the game multiple times but the emotional scenes in this one just get to me because the facial it's just it's amazing it's absolutely amazing I have like five games that I'm going to be like that I've that I need to start one my cyberpunk pay- playthrough is almost done I know that I've completed every NCPD marker. I've completed every gig. I've completed, like, my side quest log is empty. So now I'm on the river missions right now. Then I need to go meet Rogue and let Johnny take over the body and uh, meet up with Rogue in Afterlife. And then I know that that sparks off the carry line and things like that. And then I can go go do that. But then I'm at main storyline. I'm at meet with Hanako at Embers, which it clearly states in the mission log, the point of no return. So I'm at Endgame, but my completionist is going complete every mission. Well, you get so, to that Endgame like super early in the game. It's like you could, you'd miss out on 80% of the game if you actually do it when it first opens up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I'm very, very happy with it. I am freaking loving it. And then I'm loving the tie-ins with Edge Runner, but I'm not going to make this a cyberpunk lore cast. <laughs> um, then, oh, I finished uh, I Love You, Colonel Sanders on Wednesday. Uh, I was not happy with it. The game itself. Not in yet with the Colonel. Okay, sort of. So the game itself, amazing, freaking hilarious. Uh, the a great soundtrack. The artwork is fantastic. The anime style, tens all across the board on that. But in the end, the end game, the last two minutes of the game just fucking ruined everything for me, and I'm not happy. So, yeah, and it's not even like a oh you don't end up with Colonel Sanders type situation. Uh, because you try to go in for a kiss to make it a romance game and he shuts you down and you die. Yes. So, yep. Wait, that's the end? You die? No. Uh, that's, uh, like, I got a game over because I tried to make it a sexy game and it do- it doesn't want to be a sexy game. And that's fine. It was funny. But no, the ending was just a little bit of a letdown. That's all. So I finished that one and I'm going to finish Cyberpunk. And then I've got a Dragon Age Origins playthrough started uh, that I have to get through. So that way I can play DA2, where I am going to be romancing Fenris. Because even though Austin ended up killing Anders, I still promised that I would do a full romance with Fenris to see the other side. And then I also have my Mass Effect Pro Cerberus run that I'm doing. I am, I think I'm, oh yeah, no, I made it to Mass Effect 2. So I've started that and I'm going to be romancing Miranda. 
What exactly constitutes a pro Cerberus run? Exactly that. Uh, I have the human agenda above all things, and I am pro Cerberus on all choices. So if there's a decision where it's going to help humans over an alien race, I'm going with the humans. Or if it's two alien species fighting together and I can walk away from it, I'm going to. Because I'm not dealing with your bullshit. I'm going to let Garrus kill... I let Garrus kill Dr. Hart in the first game. And I'm going to let Garrus kill Sidonis in the second game. I am So I am building my renegade archangel to the max. Uh, I also wiped out the human... I wiped out the, the council and said, uh, replace them all with humans. I don't know. I it's don't think that... to do that. I know. So I... I I'm going for an asshole run. Like, I really want to make those choices, but I'm not calling it a pure renegade run because there are decisions that I know that I'm going to make that are that are Paragon because they work for the narrative. I'm sticking to the very RP of it. Uh, it's just so hard to go pure bad. I mean, I did it on the original Knights of the Old Republic. I did a run Dark Side where I just went pure bad, and it is so hard to do that. Yeah, it is. Uh, especially like after you fall, you fall not in love, but you fall for the relationships and character building in any game that you're playing in a game where you can build friendships with other players, making it so that way you have to make decisions knowing that that outcome is going to hurt them. It can be very difficult. So you have to be in a certain type of mindset in order to play that way. Oh. And to your credit, you mentioned... Uh... Knights of the Old Republic, my first playthrough of that, I started with like the most, like one of the highest, you know, uh, light side, you know, ratings you can have. And then once I got to a certain point, it dropped like a freaking stone and I ended up dark by the end of the game. But to me, it made perfect sense from a narrative perspective. I feel like, I think in games like that, if you're going to want to do a dark side or a renegade, you almost need to do it first when you don't know anybody because you don't care. But then it's hard after that. I will elaborate on the Discord because I don't want to get too chatty. Um, but how one particular moment of my uh, Old Republic playthrough, I had a buddy of mine who goes out of his way to be as villainous as he possibly can. I did a move that made him go, dude, that's like record evil. So, well, I mean, because in those games, you can almost like if people come up to you asking you for help, you can just kill them. And yeah. it's like, I was never that guy up until a certain point. Apparently, I I went completely dark side for a woman. Dragon Age Origins, you can get pretty evil. uh, Because there are a lot of, quote, optional companions. uh, So you can kill a whole bunch of people instead of letting them into your party instead. Yeah. I... Naughty Dog Remake and Last of Us has really made me wish all these other studios would go back and redo all these old games like Dragon Age, Dragon Age 2 on modern consoles, because first Soul off, Reaver, all man. of us would, I would play the hell out of those games again, and I feel like they'd open it up to a whole new generation of gamers that are never going to play a 2007 game that you have to play on PC or Xbox. Like, I wish more companies would just, you know, just remake some of those old games that are so good back then. What would they be now? Well, did you see the announcement from CDPR that uh, they... You're in the Witchers? 
Mm-hmm. That uh, their yeah. major, the one of their constellation games is the remake of the Witcher One game, which is absolutely amazing because it was a really good game back in the day. It you know it definitely set me on the path. I was playing Witcher instead of Mass Effect back in two thousand seven. No, no, no. Path and see what you did there. Ah, I didn't even. <laughs> I didn't even catch that one. I think that with if the remake of The Witcher is successful, and Bioware has also seen the success and revitalization that uh, Legendary Edition has created for Mass Effect, I really think that they could see that as a oh, well, if Witcher One got good, and if Legendary Edition for Mass Effect was also good, it might push that uh, agenda further to going drag a Dragon Age remake would be amazing. Especially, I mean, obviously they're focusing on Dreadwolf right now, and we want all of it to go there. And that other major announcement too, that it is now in alpha testing. Hell yeah. Oh my God. I'm super excited about that. Um, so for uh, alpha speak, Alpha testing means that the game is completed and it can be played from opening credits to end credits. And now they're just bug searching, um, fine tuning it, fine tuning everything. So it means that the release is going to happen soon. They are getting to that point, which hell yeah, all for it. I really want to know if my Inquisitor gets to ride again and. What is going to happen with her and her bull? <sighs> I need to know. I kind of hope it ties everything together. That's my only complaint about the Dragon Age games is I don't feel they are tied together, but they kind of feel very loosely tied together. Mm-hmm. Especially Origins. Too, but it didn't really feel like it is a standalone from Origins. Mm-hmm. Fully agree. The fact that Origins... Origin stands alone with its hero of Ferelden, and you play through it, and then your decisions you do port over, but there's not a whole lot of consequence in DA2. DA2, you play as Hawk, and Hawk makes all of their decisions, and some of those do affect Inquisition, and in Inquisition, you can meet your Hawk, and a lot of the choice, and some of the choices then play out there. Um... So I really want to know if the de- if the decisions that I made in Inquisition are going to affect Dreadwolf, and I think that they have to. But we'll see soon enough, I guess. I just hope they. Can. I hope they'll remake them one day. Cause I put in hundreds of hours in Drag in Origins when it came out, and I tried to replay it after coming into this community on my laptop, and I just can't do it. I can't. Pl- I can't do it. It just feels too old now. Yeah. I struggled through my first playthrough, and then my second one, I'm like, okay, this, it's, it's, it's getting a little rough. Um, but I love the storyline, and I think I'm just going to power through main plot, just so that way I can say that I did it. I'm going to get my romance outcome that I want, and go from there. That may be the only option I have to finally get through the Dragon Age games is because I keep getting to about the same point in Origins over and over again. And I'm enough, I'm, my, my buddies have always called me the continuity whore. I, it's like a mental tick. I can't go out of order. Yeah. And so because I've never gotten past Origins, I own all three of them. 
but because I've never gotten past Origins, I've never played the other two. And I'm getting stumped on so many places with Origins that I, I feel like the rage quit coming in again. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Just bite the bullet. Drop it down to like easy mode or whatever. It's like, you know, I get to be the unstoppable badass. Who doesn't love that? Well, I think there's a roadblock. There's a roadblock in Origins pretty early in the game. Let's quest like you can't do early in the game, even on easy mode. It because I remember you're like going through a house, you're going through something, and you get attacked by so many mages and so much stuff early in the game. You I just actually can't think you're describing them. the room that I'm stuck in right you now. You can't. I think you just have to do that quest later. Like I don't think you can beat it early in the game unless Genesis. You know something I don't. Depends on what room we're talking about, but they're um, like in the mage's the room tower. The fade, if it's what I'm thinking of. Uh, no, the fade you should be able to beat, but in the mage's tower, there is, uh, there are high level. There are a lot of high level hidden bosses in the phylacteries that, if you crack them open on accident, then you fight a high level boss that is not intended to be fought early in the game. You're in, you're meant to go back and fight them much later, but yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The fade is just very confusing. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at right now. I'm the, I'm the noob that can't get through the fade. Oh, try playing it in 2007 when there wasn't and not being aware of YouTube. Right? There are lots of walkthroughs. Go ahead and cheat to get out of the fade. Like, I bequeath you with permission to cheat out yes, of the but fade. I'm the noble knight. I don't cheat. Ooh, but the noble knight knows. (laughs) There's that, and you can. But you should listen to your elders and those who have walked before you, who can guide you towards your next steps. It's not cheating. You're taking guidance from those who have walked before you. Okay, fair enough. All right, guys, I think that we will go ahead. We've chatted about so much random shit tonight, which I absolutely love. It's a very small group tonight. We got through some romance questions. We got through predictions for the future. Um, So we'll go ahead and call it a night here. Do you guys have anything cool going on? Stuff that you want to shout out or anything like that? No. I, again, the only closest thing I do to anything that would care is I'm, my little, my YouTube channel. It's the same name as, you know, Daddy Bat Knight. I don't do regular content. I will, I do, I tend to do more content when I feel like the content I'm making is getting watched. If I'm just putting, if I'm just putting it up there, I mean, part of the content I put up there is a, a big part of it is just because I enjoy making the videos. But if I'm putting a lot of work in and they're not getting watched, well, then it kind of gets discouraging and I stop. Yeah. So. So thanks guys for hanging out with me tonight. And of course, if you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can now find me in the cyberpunk Lorecast channel with my co-host toasty. And of course, in our Two Girls, One Ship channel on the Robots Radio Discord. Come give us a follow on all the social medias and on patreon.com slash two girls, one ship. Links to those are in the description. V and I, V is also on the Robots Radio Discord, and we are both on our own Two Girls, One Ship Discord server, where we nerd out on all of our favorite CGI significant others. Be sure to check out our live streams on twitch.tv slash two girls one ship on Wednesdays and Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. 
or watch the YouTube a few days later after the stream, or a few weeks if Jen is slacking and forgets to post the VODs. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So thanks for listening, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller. Aw, thank you! love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And always remember, swooping.